Welcome to Change Nation, a program brought to you by First30days.com. On this episode of Change Nation, learn how to live a greener life with authors Lisa Sharkey and Paul Gleischer. Here's Ariane. Hi, and thanks again for joining us here on Change Nation. Today's show is all about creating a green home, certainly something that probably a lot of us have thought about, but are not quite sure how to get started on. Today, I have a husband and wife team, which is certainly a first for us here on the show. Lisa Sharkey is an award-winning journalist and one of the former heads of Good Morning America. She is currently now the Senior Vice President and Director of Creative Development at HarperCollins. She's also a wonderful mother and also the person who acquired my book, The First 30 Days. So thank you, Lisa, for that. You're welcome. (laughs) And she's joined with her husband, Paul Gleischer, a lead accredited architect. And they are here with me in the studio to talk about their new book, Dreaming Green, Echo Fabulous Homes Designed to Inspire. And just so that you know, this is by far my most favorite home in New York City, which is theirs. So if you ever want to do something with it, it's mine. Welcome both to Lisa and Paul. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Ariane. So when did you really decide to go green? Was it a conscious decision? Was it something that gradually happened? How did that start? Well, going green started in our personal lives before it started in our home life. It started after we were we were married and we wanted to have a baby and before we were able to have one we had three miscarriages and as a result of that we wondered what it was in our environment that might be causing us to not be able to have a child and once we finally went through all the testing and did have one two and then three children a lot of our lives turned much more organic and clean is going green and all or nothing decision. I think it can sometimes feel that way for people and it might feel a little overwhelming. Can you do certain things? Well, I, there are gradations of green, if you, if you will. It's like you can try and go whole hog or you can do small aspects of going green. There are so many facets to it, whether it's the materials you employ or the types of uh, energy that you use to power your house. Uh, very wide spectrum that's out there. So if someone's in the first 30 days of thinking about making their home more green, maybe not entirely green, what would you advise them to do to get started? There are many different ways to go green. You can go green by saving power. You can go green by keeping toxins out of your home. You can go green by using recycled materials, or you can go green by using organic and non-toxic cleaning products. So you could even go green by buying organic sheets for your bed or organic towels for your bathroom or not using chemicals in your shampoo. These are all things that you can do big and small in your home. One of our favorite things that we learned in the book because we had focused on 17 different families was the family that put a beautiful shoe rack at their front door and decided to just take off your shoes and you have indoor shoes and outdoor shoes but you leave your outdoor shoes by the front door common custom in many other countries, but something that Americans traditionally don't do. So that's one simple, cheap, free way to go green. For people who want to go further than that, who who know that, might have done it, might not have, but are actually looking for maybe new carpets or new products, new walls, a new kitchen, a new bathroom, how do they start? Do they, do they 
get someone involved? Do they go to a specific architectural firm that works on this? Is there a way for them to do it themselves? Well, the first thing is, is just educating yourself as to what the harmful products are and what the right way to renovate. And clearly working with professionals helps the situation, but so many of us are not aware of the fact that the majority of cabinets, as an example, for your kitchen, are manufactured that have formaldehyde within them. So one aspect is is to purchase cabinets that do not contain formaldehyde. And by the way, why do cabinets have formaldehyde in them? It's formaldehyde is a chemical that helps in the binding of woods together. It helps glue them together. Uh, so one aspect is just using products that do not contain formaldehyde. Your mattresses contain formaldehyde as well. We want to stay away from that. So working with professionals, educating yourself are two great ways to, uh, to make that happen. Um, with formaldehyde, we just would say go into your search engine and type in formaldehyde-free mattress cheap. <laughs> and yeah. then you might pop up a nice hemp mattress or a mattress made of organic rubber. So there are things that you can do by simply using organic products. And then there are things that you can do if you're renovating that we can get into a little bit later where you are going to make a big decision and sink some money into a renovation. And that takes a whole other level of expertise. Just what do you find are the biggest myths that we should bust up front about greening a home that might make the process a little less intimidating for people? I think people think it's far more expensive than it is. And a recent study by the U.S. Green Building Council said that it costs 2.5% more to go green initially. However, within three to five years, that initial outlay of more money is paid back to you in energy savings. So, for example, if you wanted to put in new windows and you wanted to make sure that they were double pane and insulated and were coated with something called a low e-coating, which is an eco way to have a better window for your home, you will save in your energy costs the 300 extra dollars that you might have spent on the initial purchase of that window. I mean, I, I think another fallacy is that the products that you have to use are, are ugly or dated, and that is just so not the case at all. There are, Beautiful fabrics, furnishings, uh, wall finishes, countertops. Yeah, are, you don't have to live there. in a yurt or a teepee, and you don't have to have a roof made out of Pepsi cans. There are so many beautiful, different, varied styles, shapes, and sizes for green homes, which is what we really showcased in the book by exploring these different families, all of whom lived in different parts. The book is divided into suburban, urban, and rural. So everyone in America lives in one of those three places, and you can live green anywhere. A lot of it is very simple, so simple you can't believe it, but you just hadn't thought of it yet. One of the other things that's wonderful about the book is how many resources you actually give people, you know, in terms of what they need, and where to get it, and what's important. And yeah. I think just having that all in one place is a, a wonderful thing for people. It's true. At the, at the end of the book, we have, I think, over 200 resources listed. Um, project by project, they're spelled out, and it says where you can get, what the product is, where you can get it, how you can resource it. We needed this book when we were doing our 100% green renovation, and it didn't exist for us. So what we did is we spent hours, days, months researching it through the web, through green experts, through green editors at eco magazines and home magazines, and then we took all of that information in making our own green home. And then once we had done it ourselves and we had such interest, we thought, well, gosh, we should really 
provide service for people. So this book is a service in that it allows you to kind of waltz through these beautiful homes on the one hand and really explore what you might aspire to live in. And then once you decide, I love something, you just turn to the very back and there you go. And there's the website and you can find it and get it for your own house. And Paul, I'm sure with all the people you've worked with, no one has ever regretted greening their home or, or creating more of a green environment, whether it's in a professional space or their home space? No, quite the contrary. I mean, when you're in a green space, you just feel so much better. You, you're more energized. It's, the light is better. It's, uh, you're very much uplifted, I would say. And I think emotionally you feel like you're doing good for the planet as well as for yourself. And I know, as Lisa, you and I have discussed, I know that there's health, a lot of health benefits, whether it's less allergies and you know, it's wonderful for kids and to just grow up in that environment. Yeah, it really is. We have a friend who has severe allergies, and whenever she stays in a hotel in New York, previously she would wake up with puffy eyes and a swollen face, and she started staying in our greenhouse, and it was the first time that she was ever able to wake up in the morning and not feel like she'd been slammed by some toxins. So we would just say beware the new car smell. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. This is Change Nation from the first 30 days. Welcome back to Change Nation. I'm Ariane and I'm here with Paul and Lisa, helping us all think a little bit different about going green and especially in our, our home environments. I guess general question for both of you. Why is it that this has become something people associate as being expensive? Like, why has why that happened? Because what I'm hearing from you is it's not really that much more expensive. And that might be the beginning of people feeling that they can afford it and it is worth making that change. Well, I think, I think part of it is that it's relatively new here in the United States and somehow that makes it feel exclusive. And, you know, that is really not the case. The Europeans are much further ahead of us than the United States in the products that they offer and their technology. So. I just think that is part of the reason for the fallacy of the additional expense. I also think that what's happened is in the past few years, it has exploded into the marketplace. And so just like with a flat screen TV, the prices were much higher at the beginning and now they're lower. With eco-friendly paint, for example, you used to have to buy from a very special company and mix the powders by hand. Now you just go to Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams and say, hey, I want your Harmony line or your non-toxic no-VOC line. It's a tiny bit more, but certainly not anything that would prohibit you from going with a paint that doesn't off-gas. And Paul can talk a little bit about what is off-gassing, because that's really what you want to avoid in your home. Right. I, well, Lisa referred to VOCs, which are volatile organic compounds that most paints contain. And uh, now we do have new paints that are out there, readily available. You can go to any paint store and get a non-VOC or low-VOC paint to use in your home. And the beauty of that is you don't have that awful paint smell. The painters who are applying the paints don't need to wear masks to protect themselves. And off-gassing is if you apply paint to the wall and it has a chemical in it, it leaches out of the wall and just gets absorbed into the air that you breathe. And you know, we spend probably more than 90% of our time indoors. And if you think about that, that's a lot of hours indoor and you're just breathing in those chemicals. You're actually better off being outside than inside. And the same holds true for if you're gonna refinish your wood floors. 
really investigate a non-toxic finish for your wood floors. The same goes for closet interiors. If you're going to hire a closet company to do your closets, what we did was we went to these trade shows and we walked from booth to booth to booth and we kept saying, what do you have that's non-toxic? What do you have that's sustainable? And that's how we compiled this list of fantastic products that are made with unusual things even and paul referred earlier to the kitchen cabinets rather than using formaldehyde they used a bonding agent that was made from barnacles so there's lots of people who are creating jobs and products in this so-called green collar economy that you hear so much about now and that is what's bringing the prices down of all of the green products and so while it might have gotten a bad rap back then. It's also similar, I say, in an analogy to, okay, do you want to buy an organic banana or do you want to buy a toxic banana for your family or grapes? Yeah, it's going to cost you a little bit more. Maybe you don't need so many bananas. Maybe you don't need so many grapes. Maybe fill your home in a minimalist style so that you can perhaps spend the same amount of money and have a different style, less cluttered, less toxic, same price. Let's talk a little bit more about some of your favorites by far that you can recommend to our listeners of just whether it's products, whether it's, you know, sheets, whether it's countertops, what are things to you that all the way through researching the book and, you know, seeing what was out there? Well, I think one of our favorite products is actually the wood flooring that we used in our home. And uh, it's from the eucalyptus tree. It's a product called Liptus. It's a hardwood and it's a very beautiful and dense wood. The reason it's uh, one of my favorites is that the tree grows to full maturity in like 14 to 16 years. And why is that important? A traditional oak tree would take 80 years. So that acre of land, if it's planted with oaks, you cut that down, um, you're you're only going to get good wood once every 80 years as opposed to once every 14 years. Uh, So that's definitely one of my more favorite products. I would say, you know, my favorite product is the countertops, which are made of something called ice stone. In the book, Different Families, we have five or six kinds of renewable, exciting new types of countertops. Recent news articles had showed that people had found some levels of radon in granite. So we try to do things that are not only potentially much healthier, but also beautiful. Ice stone is made from crushed, recycled glass bottles mixed with concrete, polished into slabs and then sold the same way in which marble and granite are sold and it looks like sparkling sea glass. Additionally, on the walls that we don't have paint on, we have something called American clay, which is an organic clay product that Paul can explain how it's used in the house. Well, the the clay actually comes from the southwestern part of the United States. It's similar to adobe and visually it looks like plaster but it is a natural material as well. It doesn't have lime like plaster may have. The clay will absorb humidity and therefore it's antimicrobial. And for us, it's actually great because it's kind of self-healing. We have it in our staircase. So if the kids happen to scratch up the wall by accident, we can just take a little sponge and rub that uh, scratch right out of the wall. Uh, What do you think people should do in their bathrooms? Well, I think for the bathrooms, first of all, if you're buying a new toilet, buy a dual flush toilet. And it's got two little buttons, button number one and button number two, and one uses 0.9 gallons per flush, and the other one uses 1.6 gallons per flush. And most of the time, we always need one. It takes care of everything. So we really like that. And we also are very much in favor of 
something called Oceanside Glass Tiles. Oceanside Glass Tiles are made from recycled glass bottles, and they're made in California, and they're mm-hmm. beautiful. And so if you are going to use tiles in your bathroom, I would definitely recommend that type of a tile. And I would also recommend installing low flow shower heads so that you're using less water in your bathroom. What about the bedroom? What's most important to do there? Well, I think the mattress is probably the most important thing. You want to select a mattress that's comfortable, but also, once again, does not um, contain formaldehyde. If you're sleeping eight, nine, well, maybe some of us get five, six hours a night, but (laughs) you're inhaling uh, the off-gassing from formaldehyde, potentially. Now, how do I know if my mattress has formaldehyde? It does. (laughs) 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 Unless you specifically have purchased one that doesn't have formaldehyde in it. Most of the mattresses contain toxins. In fact, some of those space-age type mattresses that people talk about, you know, when you get them, you've got some kind of a strange chemical smell and they say, oh, well, you should, that should go away in a few weeks. Well, maybe you don't smell it after a few weeks, but you're inhaling that stuff. Also, beach and bamboo sheets, really soft, really snuggly and better for the planet, better for you. So I would say if you're just in the mode of purchasing a new sheets and towel set, all of the prices have come way down on the organic stuff and all of the big stores are now carrying it, whereas you used to have to only find it in the specialty stores. Paul, if I came to you and said, I just can do one room in my home and I'm totally open to what that might be, what would you tell me was most important? Uh, I would think probably the way you furnish that room because that's something that is easily attainable. It's not something that is going to turn your room upside down and you want to find furnishings and fabrics that A, are manufactured close to home because the energy that's expended to get a product from Europe, let's say, to the United States is uh, not good for the environment. And once again, you want sustainable fabrics that are going to last for a long time and don't have that off-gassing. And that's the way I would start with it, frankly. I would also say the carpeting is really important, and I would very much avoid wall-to-wall carpeting. I would go for either an area rug and make sure that it carries the rug mark label because that certifies that no child labor has been used in the production of the rug. I would look for rugs with organic and and better dyes than the chemical ones. And then our favorite is something called interface floor, which are these carpet squares that you buy by the box. They're from recycled non-toxic materials. They come without carpet padding and you can just stick them directly onto the floor. They're lovely, and then when you're done with them, you just call the company and they come and pick them up and recycle them, and you can get new ones. They're really inexpensive, and we think they're lots of fun. Yeah, it's a really great product. I know that you are parents to three lovely children. How have you taught your kids to be green, appreciate going green? Well, our daughter, um, she's nine now. She loves to give a tour of our house. Whenever we have a guest, she'll walk them through each aspect of the house and say, this is this is green because of such and such a reason. So she's really enthralled by it, I have to say. And um, I think with the kind of turning off the lights, the recycling aspects of that we separate uh, paper from plastic, from regular trash, that they're very cognizant of that. 
Yeah, I mean, we have two teenage boys, and that can be a little tougher, so we just hope that, you know, they'll watch what we're doing. And we've already started to see that where we don't preach to them. We stopped preaching to their friends. It was getting embarrassing. So we just kind of live the life that we live, and then we start seeing them eating in more healthy ways and talking to their own friends about ways to be green. You know, that is very cool for the teen and younger kids community right now. The greening of America is very much from the youth upwards to the older folks. And so I think our kids think it's cool. So one last question on the book. How did you choose these beautiful homes that you featured? There must have been plenty to choose from. And they're, they're, each one of them is gorgeous. There were, I, I think we vetted probably about 100 homes and whittled it down to 17. The, I think the driving force was that uh, certainly the, the legitimacy of it being green, but also the visual aspect of the home, that we really wanted a book that would inspire you from a design standpoint and impress upon that you look at these homes, you would not know that they were green homes. And not until you delve into it a little bit further do you say, oh, it's green because of such and such a reason. So um, we really wanted something that would inspire you and, and, and make you want to go green. And a lot of these homes required Paul's architectural state of approval. On the other hand, we also wanted to make sure that we were very diverse. So we have diverse styles, everything from a 1,400 square foot little house called the Alley Box to an eco manor, which Ted Turner's daughter lives in and created in Atlanta. We wanted to make sure to have houses by the beach. We have Pacific, we have Atlantic houses in the Midwest. We have houses in the middle of the country. So we wanted to people to understand that no matter where you live, no matter how big or small is your home, that you can make it green. And the families are diverse as well. We have married couples with young children, newlyweds with no children, gay couples, lesbian couples, just, you know, all inclusive so that anyone that was reading this book would find someone, something to relate to inside it. I mean, we have people who've built homes, who renovated homes. We have people who bought a green home and just moved in. So, And your beautiful home is on the cover of this book. So I certainly encourage everyone to get this, to be inspired and to get going on the journey of being green. Thank you both to, for being on the show. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Jamal. Thank you. Terrific. Thank you very much. For more information on Lisa and Paul's beautiful book, Dreaming Green, Echo Fabulous Homes Designed to Inspire, please go to their website at www.dreaminggreenbook.com. And obviously the book is also available anywhere books are sold. For more information, more inspiration, more experts, more interviews, please, of course, visit us on the web at any time at first30days.com. This is Change Nation. I'm Ariane, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.